Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, February 15th, 2021. I love it when a plan comes together. Well, actually, in this case, it wasn't a plan that I made, but I love it when what we're reading in Revival from the Bible matches so perfectly with what we just talked about at church on Sunday. And if you're a part of Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, we've been looking at the foot washing where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And this Sunday, we looked at that conversation that Jesus has with Peter, where they talk about being clean. And Jesus makes clear to Peter, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And we we saw some of the, the symbolism that I think is legitimately there in that passage that we need to be cleansed by Jesus. And if we are not cleansed by Jesus, we have no part in him. We are sinners, we are filthy, and we need to be cleansed by the only one who can do that, and that is the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the suffering servant. However, he also goes on to tell Peter, hey, if you've been washed, you don't, I don't need to give you a bath. We just need to wash your feet. And we talked about how as Christians, we need to kind of move forward. We don't just sit around and say, oh, I'm so filthy. I'm so filthy. I'm so filthy. No, Christ has cleansed us. And so we walk forward with um, with confidence, confidence that we have been cleansed, that we have been changed, but also with confession, uh, going forward, wanting to wash our feet. When we start to see uh, dirt and filth in our lives and we start to see other sin, we are quick to run back to Christ uh, for him to forgive those sins and for him to continue to cleanse us as we now go through this process of sanctification. Now, all this and kind of the balance, we talked about the balance that's required here, comes back to mind as we dig into Psalm 24 today. Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. So there, we just kind of start with this high view of God, even as as a creator and, and the and the owner, really, of the world. And that everything in the world belongs to him because he made it. He founded it. But then it gets into this very interesting question in verse 3. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. He who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And so here we see what I think kind of puts us back into considering some of the truths that we looked at in that passage in John 13, where I think we need to be careful that we don't kind of fall off this passage one way or another. I think it's a mistake for us to approach this passage and just say, oh, yep, I can be that guy with clean hands and a pure heart. That's that's me. I can ascend to the hill of the Lord when the reality is no, we can't. By nature and from birth, we are all filthy sinners who have strayed from God, who we have lifted up our soul to what is false. Our hands are not clean. Our hearts are not pure. And we need a savior. 
And that's where Jesus Christ comes in. He had perfectly clean hands. He had the the purest heart. And he walked faithfully and lived the perfect life that you and I could not live. And we need to be cleansed by him if we have any chance of fellowship with God. That's the beauty of the gospel. There is a way for us to be reconciled to God. As 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God. So we have to start by saying, hey, I need to be cleansed if I am ever going to be able to approach the Lord. Now, I don't think, though, that's the only thing that we should get from this passage. I think if all we get from this passage is, well, I could never do that. Thank God for Jesus. We're, we're kind of missing actually a part of what Jesus has done for us because he has cleansed us. He has changed us. He has washed us from the inside out. And we also see imagery in scripture. He's given us a new heart. And now we know we have the Holy Spirit within us. So I don't think we should walk away from this passage merely saying, well, I, I could never do this. Thank thank God I have a savior. We should walk away from this passage saying, thank God I have a savior. And now with the Holy Spirit inside of me, with a new heart, with being washed from the inside out by Jesus Christ, I want to pursue these things. That this week here, we're on a Monday, starting a new week, that I want to say, like the song says, God, this week, give me clean hands and a pure heart because God, I want to be with you. I want to know the blessing that comes from obedience. And ultimately, what we're seeking is not just integrity and clean hands and a pure heart. What we're seeking, we see in verse six is we're seeking him. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And so I think there's a very practical side that every Christian should say, I, I want to seek God's face. I want to be close to God. I want to walk as closely to him as I possibly can. What's that going to look like? It's going to look like having clean hands and a pure heart and not lifting up my soul to what is false. So I, I think that it, these need to be things that we are clearly and actively pursuing this very week. And it kind of just brings us back to those two words that we talked about at, at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, even just yesterday, that we need to go forward with confidence. I can approach God with confidence. I can seek his face. And, and I want to do that by pursuing these things that he tells me to pursue here. But I also want to proceed with confession, realizing there's going to be days when I I fall short and my hands get dirty or I discover a part of my heart that is not right. And when I do that, I need to be quick to confess that to the Lord and to continue to seek to grow in these ways. So let's praise God for salvation. Let's praise God that there is a way that though our sins were like scarlet, they can be washed as white as snow. And now let's move forward within this cleansing, in this freedom, in this new life that Christ has given us through the gospel. Let's go and let's pursue God. Let's be the people that seek his face and therefore seek to live in this kind of pure hearted, uh, clean hands, 
kind of way, a life of integrity and honor before the Lord and realizing that God does bless when his people pursue by faith those things. So let's be careful as we think through passages like this. Let's not fall off on the side of thinking, well, I can do all this myself. No, that is not the gospel. We cannot earn our favor with God. We cannot earn our righteousness. But let's also not just have this overly defeatist view of, oh, I'm so filthy, I'm so filthy, I'm so filthy. Well, no, if your faith is in Christ, he has cleansed you. And he wants you now to walk in that and to pursue him more and more. And I hope that we're going to be faithful to do that this week. Let's go now to the end of Exodus. And I think I want us to see, we've talked about obedience. I want us to see how obedience is really linked to belief and how God blesses that. At the end of Exodus, we read um, basically chapter 39 is a continuation of what's been before. And basically it's they're doing what God commanded. God gave them the designs for the tabernacle and all the different elements and pieces of the tabernacle. And now they're doing what God told them to do. And we see more of that in chapter 40. It starts with the Lord speaking to Moses and it even gets down to telling him what order all the different furniture needs to go in the tabernacle. Hey, put in the Ark of the Testimony first and then bring in the table and bring in the lampstand and then bring in the altar. You know, he gets into detail about all these things and then Moses does it exactly like God tells him to do. He obeys and we see how obedience and belief are always going to be hand in hand. Moses obeys because he believes God. But the incredible thing is they're at the at the end. When they've done everything that God has commanded, the cloud descends over the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord fills the tabernacle in such an incredible way that they can't even Moses can't even go inside. And we see that it was a cloud by day and it was fire there was fire in it by night. And this even was how the Israelites knew when to come and when to or when to stay and when to go. The, the cloud would lead them. And so I think one thing we see, hey, the people led by Moses here, they responded in faith and obeyed God's commands and God blessed that with his presence. But also one thing that I got out of this was really looking forward to heaven. The, the, the tabernacle was this special thing where even the glory of the Lord in a visible form kind of dwelt at this tent. And it got me excited thinking about the new Jerusalem and heaven when it talks about there will be no, there won't need to be a lamp or a sun because God will be there and his glory will be the light. And it made me look forward to that day. And I hope that it makes you look forward to that day as well. Um, and just, just to think of what it will be like when we will see the glory of God. And we will experience that light and that light won't be leading us to go anywhere new because we will dwell there forever and ever in a place of holiness and rest. I hope that gets you excited today. On a flip side of seeing how unbelief uh, leads to bad consequences, we, we go now to the end of Matthew 13 verses 47 to 58. And here we see Jesus going back to his hometown of Nazareth. And as he uh, teaches there in the synagogues, you know, people like, who is this kid? Don't we, don't we know this guy? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Where did he get all of these ideas, right? Where, where, where did he get all these things and these miracles in these teachings? 
and they took offense at him, it says in verse 57. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, his hometown, and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. And I even saw kind of the contrast between Exodus, the belief of Moses and how they followed the commands of God, and God blessed that with his presence. Where here in Nazareth, there is not belief. They are not listening to Jesus. And Jesus, he doesn't bless it with his presence. Even he moves his ministry to Capernaum. He doesn't do mighty works in his hometown because there is not belief. And I hope that we are people that are full of belief and that belief leads to obedience and that obedience, again, not in a works righteousness kind of way, of course, but that obedience does lead to blessing. And I hope we're people that experience that and seek the face of God. Also, there's that interesting passage there in verses 51 and 52, especially 52, where he gives kind of a really brief parable saying, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. I think that's Jesus kind of teaching his disciples, you're learning some new things through me. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're replacing everything that's old. And just even, I think, a really cool summary of how the early church must have been, that there were new things they were learning even through the apostles, but none of that just replaced or totally wiped out the, the Old Testament, and that they were learning new things as the Messiah had come, but they were seeing kind of the connections even between the new and the old. And that's something we see all over the New Testament as they quote prophecy and really build on the foundation that was laid in the Old Testament. Finally, let's go to Acts 14, verses 19 through 28. And here we see they've just given this sermon, right? Remember, the people were ready to make sacrifices on to Paul and Barnabas because they thought that they were gods in human form. Well, again, the tables turn pretty quickly because Jews come from these other cities that they visited and they turn the crowds on them and they stone Paul and they drag him out of the city and they leave him for dead. But Saul is not dead. He he rises up, he enters the city, he leaves with Barnabas and they, they kind of go back to the cities where they have been and, and look at what they do there. It says in verse uh, 22, that they're strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. That's a good perspective from us because none of us became Christians in Lystra or Iconium or Derby, where to follow Christ meant instant animosity. The person that led you to Christ just got stoned. We live in a very different culture that has been for a long time, very friendly in in many ways to Christianity. There's certainly ways, even in the past, Christians have been persecuted and and Christians are mocked and and ridiculed for their faith. But in in many ways, it has not been this kind of danger that we see here in this passage. And so it's good for us to hear that warning and to be reminded that We need to continue in the faith, even though there's going to be many tribulations on the way to the kingdom of God. And I think in our culture, we're going to see more tribulations for those that truly want to honor Christ. And so we need to heed this. We need to have our souls strengthened as we continue in the faith. And I hope what motivates us is that we want to seek the face of God and that, and that 
really gives us a desire this week to pursue clean hands and a pure heart and a faith that really will seek God, his presence and his blessing. So may we proceed today, both with confidence and confession as we pursue the Lord. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.